0: Welcome to Jake and Afraid. I'm your host, four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Jake Nodar. Join me as I recap each new Naked and Afraid episode, guest hosted by some of the show's favorite alumni. Each week, we'll recap each episode with the perspective only a survivalist of the show can give. Now let's get naked. Hello and welcome to Jacob and Afraid. Today I am joined by the man himself, the last one standing, Waz Eddie Thanks for being here, Waz. You're more than welcome, my friend. How are you doing? Great. Congratulations. That was amazing. An amazing win. Thank you. appreciate it. How have you been since filming?
1: Uh, yeah, not too bad. Uh, doing a bit of work for a company, uh, Panda Brothers. So we, we make bamboo basically. I don't know if you've heard. It's really lightweight and good for raft making. Amazing. So, wow, yeah.
0: good. Yeah, I've heard great things about Bamboo, so I'm excited <laughs> Excited to hear about this venture. Yeah, well, I, fi- I figured you and Kayla
1: the other day, I was listening to one of your episodes, <laughs> just wouldn't wouldn't stop talking about it.
0: Well, I, I did find it funny because I think it was said like seven times during the course of the episode that Bamboo yeah. was super buoyant. And yeah. it was like, they didn't need to leave all those those comments in. And your no, no health issues, anything like that, you were fine walking away from it?
1: Yeah, no, I was, I, was, I was good walking away from this one. You know, the superficial stuff that you always get, a couple of broken tires and, and this and that, but uh, I, roll, I roll always happy.
0: Nice, that's great. And it was great, you have 45 days without contact, without your kids or your misses, as you say. My mom watching, I have to just throw this out here, my mom uh, is not good with accents. She thought you were saying my mistress. And he was—he like, <laughs> is really comfortable talking about his mistress. And I was like, "No, he's saying misses." But anyway, how they—how was that reuniting with them after 45 days?
1: Yeah, really nice. Obviously, uh, getting to make the phone call initially, but then coming home and seeing them all, giving hugs—that sort of stuff was—it was good.
0: Nice, nice. Well, let's dive right in because it was a lengthy, exciting episode. This is Last One Standing, Season One, Episode Ten. Down to the fire. Always clever with those titles. We pick up on day thirty-six with Matt driving off into the distance. Jeff is talking to the camera about how the group is mourning the loss of Matt. Uh, he referred to Matt as your guys' leader, and then he mentioned that you guys played a big part in eliminating him. And then you call him weak sauce, which <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: was going to put that stuff in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. I I do like the weak sauce. Day 37, Stephen gives his thoughts on the remaining survivalists. And he refers to you as the Incredible Hawks albino brother, which I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now I can't unsee it. And uh, he also refers to Jeff as the mouth, which I thought both of those references were pretty pretty accurate. What apt. You and Gary are gearing up for a hunt. Dan and Stephen go to check the fish trap. Nothing. Uh, everyone is speculating about the day 40 elimination challenge. Jeff is out preparing for the challenge in the area where the challenge will take place. And he gathers firewood, stores it so it won't get wet. And then a storm rolls in and it ruins your hunt. At this point, are you, I mean, are you thinking through what the, the challenge could be? I mean, how is your brain working at this point?
1: Yeah, a lot of the time going towards these challenges, I, I thought they were going to get harder and harder. I couldn't imagine that we're going to do a last one standing without a friction fire uh, test. So uh, I sort of saw this one coming a little bit. Um, A few people didn't, but uh, you know, how can you have a survival challenge without a friction fire? That's like, it's one of the, that's the, the start of, uh,
0: of any survival. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And it is, I mean, I feel like those the snare traps and things like that. I mean, out of all the challenges that I've seen on last one standing, that definitely seemed like the big one yeah definitely especially in a place that you know
1: it, it rains two out every three days it's not it's not a place that i've even been before so knowing the tops of wood like if i was in australia or if i was here in america you know that's something i could knock out in about 15 20 minutes right um, over there it, it it was exponentially harder
0: for for, yeah. for a number of reasons well day 39 it's a rainy morning the river is flooding so fishing is out of the question And the storms continue into the night, and like you just said. All this rain leading into a fire challenge. Of course, you don't know that yet. But it was not really an ideal setup for what you're about to face. Day 40, Elimination Challenge Day. You guys make your way down to find find the map with the instructions. You find out that'll be primitive fire. No fire starters allowed. They do provide cordage in case you want to do the bow drill. And then you find out that the last two to complete the challenge will be eliminated. Was that a, a shock to you? Were you thinking that might be the case?
1: It wasn't necessarily a shock. We had, you know, we had five people left and it was only a number of days. So we knew the the eliminations were gonna come and, and they sort of just threw two in at once. It, it, it had to happen
0: eventually. Well, you have to build the fire and then you have to boil a pot of water. Everyone gets going. And with the three days of rain prior, it was pretty difficult for people to find that dry tinder and kindling. Jeff heads to his stash of dry wood. We see you working on your bow drill. Stephen's working on using bamboo for a friction fire. And you could definitely see both. I was noticing on this day, your energy level was noticeably higher, I would say, Uh, At least that was my perception as a viewer. They would show you and then they would show everybody else. And you definitely seemed like you had a lot more steam than everybody else. And you also seemed a lot more confident because we went from you being super confident about your bow drill and then Steven already at the beginning. I was kind of worried about him. Dan was working on his. Uh, He had kind of made like a pre-made fire starter kit, I guess, early in the challenge, complete with dry tinder. Gary talks about using his excessive amount of earwax to grease the spindle. Uh, Of course, Gary would. Jeff is going for the fire plow technique at first, using some cork wood. And like you said earlier, it's everybody's kind of trying everything because nobody knows what's working. Jeff thought this cork wood would be a good thing. It ended up not, it was just too soft. And uh, then we see a whole montage of everybody struggling. And we see everybody kind of redirecting. Steven redirects and tries the hand drill, then redirects to do a bow drill. And you're cruising along, you start getting smoke. And then if the challenge isn't hard enough, it starts to rain and the challenge gets delayed. So day 41, the rain stops and you guys get back to it. You're hard at it, getting close, but not getting that cherry. Uh, Jeff says that he's won every one of the elimination challenges by using strategy, which I didn't get because I didn't think he actually won any elimination Yeah, he didn't. Challenge. So Dan won the snare challenge, and then I won
1: the gourd challenge. Uh, those were the only two elimination ones before that. So. Okay, okay. So that
0: was just slightly misspoken. Yeah. Gary is going hard and gets an ember and gets it into the nest, and it goes out, and he's he's so close. You check out his wood and say, if you had that wood, you would have fire in two minutes. And I was like, oh, throw in shade. <laughs> I wasn't trying to throw shade. It's, he
1: actually had he had a really good piece of wood that we couldn't find. I couldn't find that tree around. I couldn't
0: find uh, anything, but but it was the ideal piece of wood. Did you ask him? Like, is that something he was keeping secret? Did he know that he had this prized wood? It, I didn't
1: ask him. I actually know where he got it from. I don't want to. I don't want to put him in it. <laughs> um I, I know where he got it from and and uh he didn't he doesn't know where the where the tree is he just picked a piece of wood up uh that was sort of close to somebody else oh
0: gotcha steven is trying numerous different types of wood he's having a hard time jeff comes over to chat and tells him he looks tired and has big bags under his eyes which is very helpful you see gary's uh you see, Gary's cherry has really lit in a fire under your ass. <laughs> see what I did there? But you did. I feel like you saw Gary get that cherry, and you're like, "Okay, this is happening right now." It and definitely made it real, you know, like
1: it's 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 attainable.
0: Yeah. Well, you get you get going, and you always stay calm in those situations, and you do a different bow and. You get longer, smoother strokes, which seemed to really be the key. And it was, it was great. You got the, the, the smoke was going. They literally had this background music of like fire sirens. I don't know if you noticed that as it was getting closer. Oh, and no, then, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was well done on their part. And then you get that cherry, you toss it in your nest and fire. It was a fantastic moment. You got the pot of water on, got it to a rolling boil in no time, and you were the first to complete the challenge, and you were in the top three. That was fantastic. That had to be an amazing moment for you.
1: It absolutely was. I think it's one of my favorite moments um, of any of the the things I've done on Naked and Afraid. And and it, and it was because there was an emotional element to it. There was a build-up. They didn't, just didn't get into the edit, but... Each time I would try, I would get a little bit closer. I'd fix one more thing, get a little bit closer. Um, but my energy was dropping down. And, uh, you know, I was getting to the point where I, I did question myself, am I going to be able to get this or not? And uh, right before I got the fire, I actually took a 15-minute break. I got really close once. Then I took a 15-minute break, went and sat by the river, had a drink, did a little bit of meditating and, 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 and spoke for, like, called out to my missus and my kids and my family back home and said, you know, send me everything you got. And I stood up and looked at the camera and I said, i got this right now and I could just feel it. Nice. And I uh, walked back up there 15 minutes later, that fire was started and, and uh, it was a flood of emotion, but it was a really nice moment.
0: Yeah. Oh, it had to be. That was, that was great. I, I felt it just watching. And yeah, of course I was obviously thrilled for you. You go and give some pointers to the others. Gary is so close, but he starts cramping up and his arms are jello And then he breaks down crying. You come in and console him and give him a great pep talk. And, you know, it was the same thing that you just had said with, like, being able to take those breaks and being able to just take a deep breath. And I feel like a lot of these people were just so desperate to get it done. They were just kind of running themselves into the ground. And that was nice to see. I'm I'm glad you are able to give him that pep talk and encourage him to stick it out. Day 42 It's their last chance to get fire. If they don't have fire by sundown, anybody that doesn't will be eliminated. Dan seems to have the right combo, but still no Ember. Gary is back at it, but he is looking super weak. He goes for a little walk, ends up laying down in the middle of this trail. They show vultures circling above, which is never a good sign. That's just the classic (laughs) foreshadowing right there. You come once again to talk to him. And basically that reality check that I feel like everybody at that point needs to hear where it's just at the end of the day is a challenge. It's a show. Your physical well-being is always priority. And he knows it. I mean, he just couldn't. He couldn't go on. So the executive producer comes in. Big shout out to Dave's story. He's basically like the Grim Reaper in these situations. You see him coming and you know it's terrible. I know firsthand about that. Gary, Gary taps out. And yeah just like that another really strong contender is out uh, yeah, that, was a, that was a pretty emotional
1: moment as well just just because I knew how how much it meant to him being out there and you know how I think it was surprising himself a little bit how far he, he actually went and how well he was doing Um, he, he was one of the strongest out there you know yeah. help, helping a lot of us eat and, and keeping a lot a lot of us strong so it, it was sad to, to see him go in that in that way you
0: know right yeah so close to the end too and just physically not able to hold up to it well the clock is ticking for the remaining three still trying for fire dan gets an ember he gets into his nest fire ignites his reaction was another one that was just fantastic (laughs) very very emotional and uh, he he gets that pot on the water boiled and the challenge is complete he is definitely in that top slot and then it's down to steven and jeff and they're both going hard. Jeff gets an ember, gets it in the nest, but the ember goes out before starting a fire. You and Dan are back at camp making some super adorable backpacks. I was curious. I feel like if I was out there with you and you were making a backpack and I started making one too, you'd give me a lot of shit for copying you. So I just feel like you're nicer to Dan than me. I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: I, I wish that I wish they'd shown that a little bit better because it's. I think I could sell it for a lot of money. I think I think I've got a maybe a future in the backpack designing industry.
0: Well, they show it later, and it is actually really nice. I was impressed. I've got it in my cupboard. If you want it, I can send it to you. It probably smells weird. Thank you. though. No. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely smells weird. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. It was it was nice being very proactive, uh, getting ready for for the big last hurrah. Stephen and Jeff are still at it but the day is coming to an end. Stephen can't get it done. He's tried, I think he said 72 combinations and just basically realizes it's it's time for him to throw in the hat. Yep. He hugs it out with you and Dan and says his goodbyes and that was I mean I, I don't know like you know I guess we can bring it up later when Jeff makes a comment about it but he, I mean he it was what like a half hour from the end of day something yeah. like that. He just chose to throw in the hat as opposed to having the time called on him. I don't know. That's I, I, I,
1: I, I think. I mean, he knew he wasn't gonna get it, and he wanted. He didn't want to spend the last half hour, possibly of his naked and afraid career, there trying to do that. he wanted to go sit by the river and, and soak it in and reflect on, on uh, you know how far he's come in the naked and afraid world. And I, you know, right? Yeah, I understand
0: yeah. that. You know? well, and I, I feel like yeah, when you've tried for that amount of time it's like yeah why why push yourself more you've, you've already pushed yourself to the limits yeah steven goes and has a talk with jeff they hug it out steven says goodbye to him he hops in the truck and is gone there are 93 minutes until sunset and jeff is not quitting uh, he then talks about steven tapping which i did think was kind of shady because he just had this really great moment with steven but you know he he is pushing through there is thunder in the distance and it's it's just this big race. Is he gonna be able to get it before the rain and the sunset? And I I, I do have to hand it to him. He he is going a hundred percent and he is not, you know, not quitting. So there's there's definitely something to be said about that. You and Dan are in camp. You go to pay him a visit. After you stop by and tell him that storms are a brewing, the two of you walk away and I know this probably isn't really important or relevant to anything, but it legit looks like dan was wearing a thong i don't know if you noticed that scene but he had like it looked like it was in his crack and on his waist i don't know i don't know what that was i'll have to go back and watch that as well yeah yeah it was really it was very intriguing i don't know if i don't know i I thought maybe his backpack like didn't work out well so he just made a thong you know easier less (laughs) material but anyway sorry sidetracked There are minutes left on the clock and Jeff is still going, but it's not looking good. Then he starts having a spasm in his back and he gives it one more shot. But the sun sets and you hear the producer chime in saying his time is up and Jeff's challenge is officially over. He has an emotional talk with the camera. He says the bullies didn't beat him. Father time beat him which, yeah, there's that. Yeah, it's interesting
1: because I seem to remember beating him, but that's cool. <laughs> uh,
0: he says his goodbyes to you and Dan. You praise him for his tenacity, which was very nice of you. It's always good to find the good in people, and even when it's difficult.
1: Well, it, a lot of people think that
0: I that I hate Jeff, um, but I
1: really don't. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff about him that I admire and... and, and you know, I'm, I'm happy to speak that as well. Like he, he put in a solid effort for that, for that challenge. It
0: was, uh, but for a little bit of technique, he, he would have got that. He gave it a solid go. It did not work out. He hops into the truck and just like that, it is down to two. You and Dan are the ones taking on the final few days. Day 43, the two of you are packing to begin your migration. You don't have fire starters anymore. So you pack coals you get your maps it's a three-day trek for extraction 15 miles and up a thousand feet in elevation along the way you'll be tested with tracking skills with a bow and fire building you begin the trek but notice the coals had suffocated so you guys make the decision to run back to camp get more coals so you don't have to start from scratch you and dan set up camp together since one fire is easier than two. Was there any part of you that wanted to be separate or were you guys just, you know, we're buddies. It's, it's just easier yeah. to do
1: it. Yeah, I mean, we're close and and it's all about, for me, it's all about, um, I wanted to get into the competition challenges as strong as I could be. Um, so saving energy and just having one fire, um, that's that's the, the right move to make uh, from a survival perspective. And, and we both made
0: that same decision. Nice day two of extraction you pack up some coals from the fire and get going so you have to find the hidden caches along the way you have to locate some tambudi trees and then once you find the cache you continue on the challenge so you both locate the caches i think you located yours first but instead of looking for the second one, you just claimed that one, and then Dan spotted his, which was significantly easier.
1: Yeah, just an easy uh, trade. I should have looked across, but I, you know, I, I just thought about the one that was in front of me and, and how can I get up there. Uh, yeah. definitely, definitely was the harder one of the two to get to.
0: Well, I was I was a little concerned at first, but you handled it like a pro. You put that broadhead on on a big old branch, and you just saw the rope, and it, it didn't look like he got that far ahead of you from climbing like a spider monkey
1: yeah the what was interesting was there was no advantage for the first couple of days of being ahead because we were um, you get to camp and, and you get to camp and then it's all back to even you know right yeah
0: yeah well you set up camp for your very last night out on the challenge were you discussing food did you have a lot of food discussions on your last night out there is that
1: i wasn't particularly hungry i was just you know focusing on getting my head in the game and, and my mind in, in the right spot so that I could I could go into that last day as strong as possible.
0: You have your last night on the challenge, day 45, it's your last day. Dan starts the morning out by talking about how fast he is and how he could beat you. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> I feel like the first half of the episodes, he was always talking about how he had the lowest body fat, and now he's like, I'm basically Hussein Bolt. Watch out, I'm coming for <laughs> you. On the way out of the gorge, there's a bow challenge and you guys have to shoot this bag. You each have a bag on this branch up in a tree and you hit it and then it drops and you have the map. Which initially when I saw it, I, I did think it was going to be something that you hit once and that was that was it. Turned out to be not the case. The arrows begin to fly. The music gets very intense. handful of misses and then Dan gets an arrow right in the middle. But the bag did not budge. Then we see you get one in. Dan gets a second shot in and then a third. And the map falls after three shots in. And he gets the map and starts putting his sprinting skills to good use. Uh, So Dan is on the final leg. And then once on top of the gorge, you guys need to light three fires that have to be at least two feet high signaling for rescue. And along the way, there's a single cache with some dry tinder, which they say will be a huge advantage to the one that finds it. We get back to you and you put another shot in the bag. It did not drop. And then you get another one, map drops, and and you got it. How, uh, I mean, you're competitive. How frustrating was that for you?
1: Uh, It was a little bit frustrating. The fact that in my head, I had already said to myself, I have to get this bag down first because I need a head start. Cause I think Dan's right. He's quicker than me. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to be the first one to leave and get up the hill. So as soon as his dropped, my anxiety did definitely went up a little bit, but I just, you know, took some breaths and calmed myself and, and pulled back in. I think he ended up having a, a minute and 50 seconds uh, head start on that run.
0: Oh really? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not bad at all. <laughs> was great you got your uh map you were hot on his heels dan is running up that oh i almost started singing that like a song running up the hill dan is uh running up the hill he grabs the cash you weren't sure whether there was going to be a second cash or not so you decide to just skip looking for it and keep going to get up to the top dan drops his cash and has to go back to it and now you guys are basically neck and neck you're both pushing hard. Dan gets up to the top and he gets going and then we see you and I have to give you credit. I mean, you're a big boy and you were hauling serious ass. Like there it was it was impressive. I was very impressed with your speed in that clip. <laughs> I, maybe maybe they sped it up. I don't know, but uh, it, I, felt, it felt like an action movie when I was doing it. That's for sure. It looked like it. It looked like it. It was, it was impressive. You're both you know, right away working on your fires. You're getting, I think, all three simultaneously, like trying to get everything going. Dan has one up. You're at two at this point. And then we see it. The third fire goes up. And just like that, you claim the title uh, of Last One Standing. You have the highest PSR in Naked and Afraid history with a 10.0. $100,000 and a helicopter ride while your buddy has to walk home. <laughs> how, how amazing was that moment?
1: It, it was, it's almost indescribable. Um, there was a lot of guilt uh, all the way through this challenge, just being away from, from my messes and my kids. Again, normally that guilt goes away in the first week. It was there every single day. Um, so a lot of that washed away really quickly, you know, having having achieved the thing that I went out there to achieve and, and the helicopter ride, like I'm a, I'm a massive helicopter fan. I, I used to fly them. So that was just icing on the cake for me. It was uh, a culmination of, uh, of a lot of, a lot of effort. And, uh, it was, it, it was probably one of the most enjoyable single moments of, of what I've done in that group Absolutely.
0: That's amazing. Well, it was, it was a joy to watch. I of course am super proud of you. You did amazing out there. Now I, I the questions that like everybody wants to know. Yep. Once you finished your helicopter ride, what was your first meal? The the first main
1: meal that I ate when I got back to the yeah. to the rooms was uh smoked salmon and, and, and gouda cheese and some um what is that stuff called? It's like peanut butter, but it's uh made from cookies. Oh cookie right. butter cookie butter oh. oh. Smart it's delicious
0: choice. <laughs> it's delicious Gr- great on salmon okay now uh any big plans for the the hundred thousand dollars going to disneyland <laughs> no no i'm not going to disneyland it's
1: just going to get put towards uh just a few things that we've got going on i've got a i've got a podcast that we're about to announce here pretty soon nice. and, and a couple of uh non-profits that we're, we're looking to start
0: up Oh, that's awesome. Sensible man. I like it. That would not be me at all. Okay. I'll spend some money to come visit you as well. Doug. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Well, sweet. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. That was an amazing episode. You killed it out there. And yeah, it was, it was a great, great watch the whole season all the way through. Well done. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And thank you for listening. Stay tuned for a bonus episode later this week. It's a last one standing season one recap episode with special guest jeff Zausch. and don't forget to subscribe rate and review and send any questions you have about the show to questions at join me next time as we begin to recap the new naked and afraid series castaways until then have a blessed week